Hello, I'm Kathy Bissell. Welcome to the Golf Show 2.0. We have two Garys today. The Gary you usually see, Gary Van Sickle, and a friend of ours. Gary, why don't you tell us about the other Gary? Oh, did you mean me? Yeah. Oh, okay. It was confusing because there's two Garys, which <laughs> I think most people are going to agree that's two Garys too many. <laughs> one Gary too many. Uh, this is a guy I've known a long time. He's a fellow Wisconsinite. He and I both say Wisconsin. That's our accent, Wisconsin. <laughs> and uh, longtime writer to Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, and now he's with Killarney Golf Media, maybe the best job in golf writing right now. Gary D'Amato. Gary, thanks for joining us. My pleasure, guys. Thank you for having me. I noticed your Europe cap, Gary. Very, uh, very trendy, considering our topic today. We're going to talk Ryder Cup, so I thought I'd dig this out. This was on the discount pile shortly after Whistling Straits Ryder <laughs> Cup, and it's a really nice hat. Funny thing is, I wear it. I never get any comments on it. So really, no, nobody cares. That's amazing. It is. It is amazing. You would think somebody would say something, but. Gary, say something else in Wisconsin so we can hear your accent, like donuts or let's go. <laughs> Come on, it's not that bad. It's not like I'm in I'm in Minnesota. There's where the accent is. <laughs> oh yeah, there. Oh yeah, oh, hey my, there. Oh my cousin's in Minnesota. Oh yeah. <laughs> we went ski jumping with Jan Janssen. Oh yeah, it was good there. So now we're here to talk about the Ryder Cup next year, which is a year away. And why would we do that? Well, it was the one year anniversary of of the of next, one year ahead of time anniversary. And they had a media day that uh, somehow Gary D'Amato glommed his way into it. And he went to Italy to check out the golf course. Yeah, right. And other important <laughs> things. So how did you how did you get how did you get on the on this trip and tell us about going to Italy. Well, first of all, it was a terrible assignment. I almost turned it down. I had, <laughs> oh, right. I had, understandable. I had stuff going on at home, you know. But No, the PGA of America uh, does this one-year-old thing in conjunction with Ryder Cup Europe and the BP World Tour. And um, they invited, I think, Beth Ann Nichols originally, but okay. Beth Ann couldn't make it, the, the president of the GWAA. And since I am next in line for the throne, Gary, you sat on that phone <laughs> before. Um, so I got to go in Beth Ann's place. And uh, somehow Alex Baselli, he's the one who glommed along, I think. Yeah. He just <laughs> kind of made himself present there in Italy. But we had a good time. And uh, and it was a good, uh, very productive four days there in uh, in Rome and, and at Marco Simone, Simone, I guess. It's been so, uh, nothing personal, but you're no Beth Ann Nichols. Yeah, of course. Of course I'm not. <laughs> well, I saw, we all saw the photo of uh, Incredible of, Zach Johnson and Luke Donald, the two captains, shaking hands with the Pope. Did you like high five them or say anything? Did you get to meet the Pope? You know, I got a, invited to a lot of things over there, a gala reception and uh, an exhibition. And I got to tag along with Zach uh, when he played Marco Simone for the first time. And I got to play the course myself. But no, I did not get an invitation for the audience with the Pope. Oh, I can't believe that. <laughs> I can't believe that. I know. <laughs> Well, I'm glad that was nice that, that the Pope made time for the Ryder Cup. I mean, that's pretty exceptional, really. I think it was nice that Zach and Luke made time for the Pope, actually. <laughs> I don't think, I think it's the other way around. Yeah, <laughs> no offense. I, 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 
love that they I love that they gave them a replica Ryder Cup and with their names inscribed on it because now in the Vatican archives for all of time there will be a souvenir with the names of the two greatest golfers in history. Zach Johnson and Luke Donald. Not not Tiger Woods. Zach, Zach Johnson and Luke Donald. So that was neat that uh, I mean who even thought of that? I don't know. You know, does the Pope play golf? Does he follow golf? Uh, he should have had a media session with you guys. Why didn't he? He's busy. He's yeah. busy. He was busy blessing people, I think. But, you know, you're right, Gary. The uh, the Vatican probably has, I don't know, a billion dollars worth of art in his basements. And, of course, oh, Michelangelo. Sure. So now it has Michelangelo and the Ryder Cup. <laughs> that's a pretty good combination. Yeah, well, it I is. think this could be, uh, you know, in Dan Brown's next book, this could be something <laughs> Work off of. There could be some hidden message on that. <laughs> right. So, hey, what this, this golf course, which sounds like a guy's name, Marco Stallone. Simone, Marco Stallone it? sounds like one of the Stallone <laughs> brothers. Uh, what's what's the golf course like? And you know, more importantly, what did you shoot? Well, it's not important what I shot, um, but I will oh. tell you that I I had a birdie on the back nine, and I missed a five footer on eighteen for another birdie. But I shot eighty nine, if you must know. Um, the course is it's incredible. Past Palm Fairways, uh, the green complex. Okay. The greens were rolling probably at pretty much slow the greens down for the Ryder Cup, seriously, because they were rolling wow. at about 13 or 14. Huge green complexes, lots of elevation changes. You know, some people said it's more than Augusta National, but I looked it up, it's not. Augusta National has more elevation changes, but Marco Simone has quite a bit 170 feet from low point to high point. From the 12th tee, the highest point on the course, you can see most of Rome below and St. Peter's Basilica. It's pretty impressive. Wow. It's going to look great on TV. It really is. That would be, that would be cool. Yeah. To see that kind of Are there a lot of water hazards? No. There is some water on the course. There's a great, the finishing stretch is really good. It's a 16, is a downhill uh, par four, short par four. That's, I'm sure they're going to make it reachable on at okay. least one day of the Ryder Cup, maybe more. But from the back tees, it's probably 350, but it's downhill. And um, oh. there's water along the right side of the green and a creek about 50 yards in front of the green. So anyone- It's like a, it's like a wedge for those guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it definitely will be drivable. Um, yeah. And I think obviously some matches are gonna be decided on that hole. Then 17 is a long par three and 18 is a, a reachable par five. So most of the matches are obviously gonna come down to those last three holes. And I think we're gonna see some some fireworks on those holes. It's pretty similar to Whistling Straits, which, which is par five, par three, and long par four. Did, did the course remind you of any other course overall? No, it really didn't. Uh, nothing that I can, I, it, it's, it's fairly wide open, but I will say the rough was extremely thick and gnarly, and I, I'm sure it's gonna be that way for the Ryder Cup, because they're gonna keep the, make those Americans hit fairways. Um, yeah. But. Uh, I can't think of a course that it really reminds me of. It's it's not similar to any courses that I can think of. Well, we, we also want to know, what else did you do while you were there? Did you go to the gala? What, what were your other highlights of this trip? The gala was really cool. It was in a privately owned palace. And when you Ooh. went in, when you went, walked in, you walked through several rooms and then a long, uh, I don't know if it was a reception area, I don't know what you'd call it, but all the walls are lined with this medieval 14th and 15th century art. There had to be a half a million dollars or half a billion dollars worth of art in this place. It's just incredible. Painting after painting after sculpture. 
Then there was a little four-piece string orchestra in the hors d'oeuvre, you know, when we had hors d'oeuvres and wine. And, and then the, uh, the gala reception was, was very nice. Luke and uh, Zach uh, did a Q&A and uh, took some questions. And, um, you know, all the dignitaries were there from uh, PGA of America and Ryder Cup Europe. And uh, it, was, it was pretty cool. And they also, um, the two captains did an exhibition with some junior, at Marcus Simone with some junior members of uh, Italy's national team. Some really good. Oh, that's good. Players. Yeah, and some uh, some adaptive golf, some uh, guys with disabilities. Um, huh. And Zach and, and Luke played a few holes with those guys. And uh, and they, I mean, they were on a tight itinerary. It was, you know, photo op in front of the Coliseum. Uh, they went all over the place in Rome. Uh, it, was, it was fun. It was a good trip. Was there any betting available on those uh, little matches they had? Betting, did you say? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure if you oh, went okay. to UK, I'm sure you could find a bookie that would give you give you odds on that. But no, but it was, uh, and, and the real purpose for me being there was to scout the uh, the venue and the hotels for the uh, members of the media who are going to be covering the Ryder Cup next year. So I went to all three media hotels and. I did a little report that'll be that is on the GWAA. It's in the newsletter this month, and uh, I read it. Yeah, it was a nice, re nice recap. Oh, thank you. Yeah, they, they haven't announced, uh, or I, I guess they just announced the rates now. It's, it's going to be between 165 euros and 225, and all the rooms will fall in that range at the three hotels. That's the night. Of course, so. Well, I'm sure you want. I'm sure you uh, took one for the team and tested the. The menus at these restaurants just to make sure that the pasta was okay tell us about the food yeah well the food i ate might be different than the food we'll eat next year because i you know they they took us to the fanciest restaurants i did not try the you know we went to all three hotels one morning so we only stayed at each hotel for about 20 or 30 minutes met the gms at each hotel and they took us to rooms showed us the rooms um we uh you're going to, if you cover the Ryder Cup, you're going to want to stay at one of the media hotels because all three will have dedicated buses. All three hotels are within 10 miles of the golf course. So it's, you know, 15 to 25 minutes depending on traffic. And if you drive your own car, first of all, you have to deal with Rome traffic, which is unbelievable. Yeah. And secondly, you're going to, uh, there's a separate parking lot, it's a small one, and you're going to have to enter the main gate with spectators. So if you're covering the Ryder Cup, Gary and Kathy, Make sure you get on that room list early. Okay. Uh, they got traffic like Kenosha and parking like a Bucks game. <laughs> <laughs> it is. You know what? There are so many motorcyclists who you know drive on the wrong yeah. side of the road and even in other cars. Yeah. Yeah. The hospitals have to be filled with those guys every day. <laughs> I don't think so. I think they just grow up learning how to drive like that. It's like good. it's like driving in Boston. You know, yeah. I learned how to cut across four lanes of traffic in a uh, roundabout when I lived in Boston. But before that, I would have thought people were nuts. Yeah. You adapt. Yeah, it's, it's insane. Kind of like an Italian movie. Exactly. <laughs> now that you mention it, speaking of Italian movies, the, the first hotel we went to is called, the name of the hotel is Movie Movie, and it's oh. directly across the street from this huge Italian film studio. So, really? Uh, yeah. So on your break, you might you want to go over there and shoot a movie maybe. I don't know. <laughs> So did, did you go watch Zach and Luke hit the shots by the Coliseum, and did you get to go in the Coliseum? That was close to uh, 
that was close to general members of the media. It was only a photo op that I forget who was invited, but it certainly wasn't me. Um, and I, you know, I'd been to Rome before and I saw the Coliseum, but not on this trip. Uh, but yeah, I don't know so you... Coliseum, yeah, I've been there before. Yeah, you yeah. can have it. Forget it. Oh, no, that's cool. I don't know if I've been to the Mackinac Bridge, but I have been to the Coliseum. Yeah, it's pretty cool. The Pantheon it's cool. Coliseum. There's good, there's yeah. obviously cool history in Rome. It's cooler if you've had any Latin, and I'm not sure people even study that anymore, but I did, so. Well, I, I saw a lot of it in that documentary uh, about the Coliseum that Russell Crowe did a few years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, Gladiator. Yeah, yeah that documentary, <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> So what do, what do you think, how do you feel about the two Ryder Cup captains? I mean, Luke is a nice guy almost to a fault, and Zach is, it kind of reminds me a little of Raymond Floyd. He knows what to say when he's supposed to say it, but he's, you know, he's a little testy. He's got his own, you know, a little... Uh, he's he's got an edge. He's, he's got an edge. He's got a sharp, he's got a hard edge. What do you yeah. think of these two guys? Yeah, he does. You know, Zach is, I, I would agree with that. He's got that little bit of of arrogance that comes out from time to time. He's, he's a cocky guy, and uh, and that's probably why he got so far in the game. Because he certainly yes, certainly yeah, it's not a bad thing. Not just talent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think he's going to be a really good leader for his team. He, he already named Stripper Steve Stripper as his first vice captain, and I think that was a good move. Yeah, I think Steve will balance him or be a counterpoint a little bit to him. Steve, you know, is so laid back, and uh, obviously the guys you know like playing for him last year. Um, but I, I think it's going to be a good leadership team. Luke, it's hard for me to get a handle on him. I think instead of Gary, he's, he's nice to a fault, maybe. I'm sure he's not going to be that way in the team room and when he does pairings and all that stuff. But um, it's, it's really hard for me to get a read on him as a captain at this point. Has, has he picked any assistants yet? I don't yes. Re- yes, he has. Do you has. recall who he has picked as now assistants? You're, you're pressing me now. and Okay, I just don't recall. But, I, you yeah. know, they've... They've had their system in place for such a long time that even with the defections that they've had in Ryder Cup, they have enough of a little core of players over there that they know how to make it work. And they've, they've still got Rory, and they've got Matt Fitzpatrick, and they've got uh, Shane Lowry, and they've got Terrell Hatton, and they'll find other people. I don't know how they do it, but you know, some years it's Philip well, Walton and some years it's, you know, it's people we've never heard of and they, they come yes. up with. You know, I, I just looked at the Ryder Cup rankings for Europe and you got Ron, Lowry and Rory, top three. Yeah. Number four is Robert McIntyre, the left. Then you got the Italian guy, Migliozzi. Can you imagine if he's in the Ryder Cup? Yeah. Uh, then you've got Hogard, Hogar, whatever his name is. Okay, you yeah. Have on Fitzgerald, Colin Shankwin, and Alexander Seriously? Nora. Okay. So they, I mean, they're not slouches. Uh, not, not on a tour event, but in a Ryder Cup, they are not. That does not stack up well. You know, we, I'm sure people are going to say, oh, well, the people who defected to live are going to hurt these teams. It's like the Europe, Europeans didn't lose anybody to live that was probably ever going to make the team. They, they, they might have been captains, 
but yeah. they weren't going to probably make they were, it the players. They weren't going to play, right. Those names, you read those 10 names on the Ryder Cup list on the rankings, you're going, oh, my God, who, who are these guys? I mean, that's going to well, be scary for Luke Donald. Well, but they, they know who they are, and they know what they can do, and they show up, and it's like I said about Philip Walton. I can't remember what year it was. Oh, Philip Walton, we love you. I, somehow I have that as Rochester, but I don't know. You know, the people that we aren't familiar with show up and sink the winning putt. Yeah, it's well, just, it's, it's just it's our, our ignorance. Yeah, that was when they still had Old Fobble and Seve and Faldo Westwood and, and Clark and those guys yeah. at the prime. They had, yeah. they had a core of six or seven Hall of Famers. Sure they, they did. Have, they got three guys plus Fitzpatrick. And uh, I don't know. That's what, four. What do, what do you think? Yeah, and that's... that's all, they, all they need is, is like five. Well, and, well it, they. Yeah, I mean, that's what they did... That's what the, what they did is they rode their four or five guys and they'd rotate in the um, the people we hadn't heard of, the people who were lesser players, and put them with the stars, and the stars carried them. I mean, what what was that line that uh, uh, Olathebel said that Sevy told him? Uh, Don't worry, just hit your tee shot. I will. Some about I'll, I'll take care of things. I'll get us through the match. Don't don't worry, just play your game. And that's the way they did it. So it, they played with whoever it was they needed to play with, whoever gave the stars comfort. And the stars were worn out by the end of Sunday, but they got won a lot of Ryder Cups doing that. Well, I really think Europe's team is going to be one through five or six is going to be every bit as strong as the U.S. team. Yeah. It's going to come down to those eight through 12 players, exactly as Kathy said, Kim and Gary, can they stand up to Ryder Cup pressure? Even when paired with with a John Rahm or a, or a Rory McIlroy, um, you know, can they handle their business? And it's going to come down to depth, I think, in this Ryder Cup. And clearly, the Americans have more depth. So yes, you know, they're the favorites on paper. But again, you know, golf is played on Paspalum. <laughs> and, uh, in Italy, anyway. To be honest. <laughs> yes. Well, I really hope Big of Italy makes the team because. What a yeah, great name! The country's attention. You know, he probably will. I mean, who knows? Yeah. You know, and the Americans—they lost uh, Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Koepka, and uh, that other guy everybody likes, Patrick Reed. But they've already popped up replacements who are probably better: Sam yeah. Burns, Max Homa, uh, Cameron Young, and Will Del Torres. So, American team is loaded, and the Europeans are—I don't know—it. It, I don't. It's funny because Whistling Straits seemed like such a blowout, but when you look at it, if you just flip four matches, that's that's eight points. It turns it around in a hurry. Yeah. The other point is that this is a, this is kind of interesting stat. Tiger Woods was in high school the last time the Americans won in Europe, 1993. So it'll be 30 years, and don't think that that doesn't weigh on their minds a little bit. I mean, of that's course. Yeah, it does. And it weighs, I mean, and it weighs on the European psyche. It gives them belief in what they can do. They say, we haven't lost this since whatever. We'll figure out a way. And they do somehow. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's American arrogance. We thought, the, we think golf is only in play in America. And in the 80s and 90s, <laughs> all, and even in the early 2000s, they kind of were kind of dismissive of all these European guys who, in retrospect, you can look back to the 90s, the Europeans had a better team every time. And America just wasn't 
you know, and the players and the media and the fans just didn't recognize it, even into the 2000s, those teams were better. Um, that that tide has turned here in the last half of the 20-teens or whatever you call them. So, I don't know, I guess we'll see. I mean, that, that episode in France was when the American team was at a low point and they were out of gas. Tiger well, they also, Yeah, they went the week after playing the Tour Championship after everybody played three weeks in a row for the FedEx Cup or four weeks in a row, depending on the players. And they were just, they like you said, they were gassed. They had no energy left. They probably couldn't even see where their ball was on the green. You know, it's kind of, <laughs> there's such a thing as too much golf at that level. It would be hard to pick against the Americans next year the way it looks right now. Gear, what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, is there going to be a 19-9 blowout again like there was at Wilson Straits? I don't think that's going to happen again. But, you know, I definitely see the Americans winning. I think it's going to be closer. Just that home field advantage. I mean, having Guido Migliosi in there, they'll probably make the team, and the Italians are going to go crazy whenever he's on the course. Um, you know, there's there's the food and the traffic and the unfamiliarity with the hotels. All that stuff comes into play. Not hugely, but each little thing when you add them up, um, that's why it's a, a home field advantage or a home course yeah. advantage. So. I think the Americans clearly are favored and probably will win, but maybe the Europeans will surprise the Americans a little bit. Yeah, a year is a long, long ways off. But yeah. I think the main thing is having Stricker in there as a vice captain really gives a lot of incentive to Wisconsin Golf, Wisconsin.golf.com to send somebody to keep an eye on Steve Stricker to Ryder Cup. Am I right? You're right. And now all you have to do is. <laughs> I hope John Hughes is, is going to listen to this podcast. I'll be sure to send him the link. So he's well, I really, I, think, I really think he should probably double cover that. Uh, you know, I can go along, I'll go along with you as a guy. In case, you know, Steve doesn't talk to you, he might talk to me. I think he should I'll go get up the flagpole and see how high it gets. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go to keep the two of you out of trouble. I volunteer <laughs> yeah. to go and keep you out of trouble. <laughs> you know, no, I no, found that's, that's not realistic. <laughs> you don't have a Wisconsin accent either. No, I don't. Yeah. I'm from Illinois. What can I say? That's close enough. <laughs> I know. Well, my mother's my mother's a Uper, if that counts. Right. <laughs> it didn't inc include her accent in your in your jokes at the top. <laughs> Gary, how much more fun will it be to go to a, a Ryder Cup and cover it, assuming you do, when it's not a home game and you're really the, the newspaper of well the not the newspaper of record, but it's your home state. Uh, it was a huge deal. Uh, there had to have been a, felt like you had to get every every loose bit of news that week. I mean, that must have been uh, that must have been a tough week at Whistling Straits. It was. I mean, it, it, it was a lot of fun, but yeah, you, you, you sort of know that, even though we, we're sort of a niche website and a lot of people don't know us about us yet, I think, you know, probably more people went to us than we, uh, and the numbers showed it than had gone to us previously. So, yeah, there was, I don't know about pressure. I just, uh, there, I, I approach every game the same, Gary. You know, I, I keep, <laughs> I cannot, I'm pulling out all the cliches here. But, um, yeah, it'll it'll be, I think it'll be fun in Europe, obviously. Um, if you're not confined to your hotel, you've got to go out and see parts of the city, right? Because those three hotels, there's really not much around them except the movie movie, where is it? The studios across the Okay. Street. The other two are sort of, I don't know if you call them industrial areas or they're not. Uh, okay. They're it's not, not downtown Rome. Yeah, it's, it's not, not nightlife and okay. restaurants around. Okay. Around, for sure. 
Well, I have found you cannot get a bad meal in Italy. That's for sure. So Very no true. matter where you are, even if you don't speak Italian, you just show up and point to stuff and you get fed very well. And most most people in the restaurants, uh, you'll find they someone. Speak, yeah, yeah, the Mater They D speak or, English now. Speak yeah. English, yeah. Most yeah. speak enough English that you can understand each other for sure. Yeah. Well, I think the question most sports writers, golf writers would want to ask, Gary, is did you see a Wendy's anywhere on the way to the place? <laughs> <laughs> I did not see a Wendy's. I did not see a Culver's. Which is big in Wisconsin, as you know, Wisconsin, Gary. But uh, I did see a couple of McDonald's, so there is there are Big Macs to be had in Rome. Yeah, like, McDonald's is everywhere. Yeah, yeah, insiders call them uh, Mac and Don Steakhouse. Ah, yeah. makes it yeah. sound classier, like the BK yeah. Lounge. Right. Now, sp- right. I want to ask uh, the second Gary or the first Gary, depending on who's who's first. Um, you broke a story last year about Steve Stricker's illness on your website, and everybody's kind of been going back to you with that. And he just won Jim Furyk's tournament here, well, not in Ponte Vedra, across the river over at Timaquana Country Club. And he looked really good. I mean, he came out and said, when he said afterwards that he had a goal to win uh two of the tournament last tournaments he entered he entered like three in a row and he, he won two of them which is pretty amazing and that was going to be the determining factor as to whether or not he got close enough on the schwab cup to play a couple tournaments at the end because he wants to go up into his tree for deer season so <laughs> why don't you explain to us about steve stricker his illness and what's he doing in a tree yeah he you know he keeps saying he's not all the way back, but I think the evidence points otherwise. Yeah. I mean, the guy's won four times this year, and I think three of his last four starts, two of his last three for sure. Um, he appears to be all the way back. It looks like he still could put on a few more pounds. He lost 25 pounds when he was sick. That's what he, that's what he said, yeah. But um, his priority this time of the year, he's a big, he's a very avid bull hunter for deer, for white-tailed deer in Wisconsin. And he's got, he owns land, I think, in a couple parts of the state, lots of land. And... Um, he loves sitting in the tree stand, and his whole goal is to shoot that trophy buck. Um, and he, I honestly think he likes, he enjoys that more than being on the golf course. It, it means a lot to him. It's his escape. And um, so we're going to find him, or we won't find him, but um, hopefully a deer will find him somewhere in a tree stand uh, in the next couple of weeks. And then he's got to wrestle with the fact is coming back from playing for the swap. But I don't think he really. Deep down, I don't think he really cares that much about it, but his daughters and his wife are sort of pushing him, saying, Dad, okay. you've got an opportunity to win the whole thing, and who knows how many more chances you're going to get to do this. So well, I think that's true. in those last two events. That's what, I know he wasn't playing the North Carolina event. Yeah. And then he's got, did some, is he caddying for one of his one of his daughters, and he caddied for her already? Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, he's caddied for her, uh, his oldest daughter, Bobby, as she has tried to, uh, she's trying to make it to the LPG Tour, and she got oh, okay. to the first stage okay. of the Epson Tour qualifier. And they moved the dates because of uh, the hurricane, Hurricane Ian, yes. they moved the dates from the next stage, it was supposed to be right about now, I think, mid-October into November. So that gives them a little okay. bit of chance to uh, to get up in that tree stand and think about golf a little bit after that instead of caddying. But by the way, his youngest daughter, Izzy, uh, who's a junior at Wanakee High School, just won the uh, WIA State 
championship 38 years after Bowen Man did it up at Century World. So that was pretty cool. Wow. Story. Yeah. Wait, uh, he... Steve won the girls' we have the championship. How did he do that? <laughs> Steve, was that won a, the was boys. he gender neutral then? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Steve won a boys title, obviously, in 1984. Uh, and up... Oh, okay, that's different. Yeah. yeah. Well, wasn't was there speculation still. either by Steve or by you or by us that this illness may have been related to uh, getting the uh, vac- getting vaccinated, getting the COVID vaccinated? Yeah, there's no question, I think, that he believes that. And he hasn't said much about that publicly because he knows what a political yeah. potato that is. You know, when you come out and criticize a vaccine or when you say you're not vaccinated, you know, people jump all over you. So what he's he's told me, you know, he got the vaccine, he got sick, and he said, I'm definitely not getting the second shot. So that tells you what he thinks about yep. what yeah, caused my, my My son got, like, heart palpitations and issues after really? both shots. Uh, And it turns out that, uh, you know, there were just some figures released that said uh, the number of incidents of that were four to five times higher than the CDC originally reported. Right. They didn't want to, you know, so the truth finally came out. So, yeah, uh, my son is not going to be getting any more vaccinations either. There is there is some, you know, that's the thing. We we rush these vaccines out because we needed them. But, you know, they aren't foolproof and there was some risk involved. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, we didn't have time to, they didn't have time to test me three years. Like well, and, and it seemed yeah. like the risk was high, risk, risk to not have it was higher than the risk to take it at the time because COVID yeah. in the beginning was anticipated as being so awful and so deadly. And in fact, it was. I mean, lots of people died. Luckily, yeah, I, mean, I, I, got it. I got COVID before. That's right. And you were, you were in it. terrible shape. Yeah, I was in the hospital for a couple of weeks, and uh, I was in bad shape. And so as soon as the vaccines were available, I got them because I don't want to get COVID again. And thankfully, I didn't get sick from the vaccines. Maybe you get either you get COVID or you get sick from the vaccines. One of the two. I don't know. <laughs> but um, but I had either a, or. <laughs> yes. Well, speaking of terrible bad news, uh, the end of the golf season's approaching. What do you for think? you, maybe. Is, uh, I know when I lived in Milwaukee, I always figured... October 25th was really the, the the only date you could guarantee you would still be able to play golf because it could end that soon. Other years, it, it goes longer. Sometimes, you know, I'm in Pittsburgh, it's a little less cold, but not much different. But uh, here I always hope to get to Thanksgiving, but that's not true. What do you, what do you, what's your best guess? I'm sure, I know you've already had frost. What's your best guess of what's the last date of the golf season going to be because I always try to be, I always try to play golf on what I think would be the last day of the golf season. What do you project? You know, it's funny because in recent years it seems like we've had better weather later into the year, and I've been able to play some golf in November, and even I think I played around in December last year. Wow, um, it, it's really iffy, obviously, but and then the spring seems like the better weather is coming later now in the spring. I, it seems like the seasons are shifting a little bit, but you know. I got these brand new Duca del Cosma winter golf shoes. You ever hear of this company? Yes, yes. Fur-lined, fur-lined golf shoes. Fur-lined, wow. I'll be, able to play, I'll be able to play on ice in January, I think. At least. <laughs> I, you know, the season realistically is probably going to end in two to three weeks. But I think, you know, there's a chance that we'll get one of those 54-degree days on December 10th. And if we do, I'll run out there and play nine holes. <laughs> yeah, you know, for me, w- once you get uh, appreciable snow, if you get like an inch or two of snow, 
that kind of turns the green to mush and it kind of becomes problematic after that. Nobody can mow, nobody's up picking up anything, nobody, there's no maintenance. Well, they don't it's, want you on the greens when it's like yeah, that. Yeah, you really shouldn't be, but it's not, it's not the same after that happens. So, uh, I'm, you know, I'm hoping to get to Thanksgiving, but we'll see. I did play one round in January this year, earlier this year, this past January. We had like a 46 degree day and there was snow on the ground, but it only in drifts, you know, a lot parts of the course were wide open, but the ground was hard as rock. And I'll tell you what, for a guy who hits his driver 210 yards, to hit a 280 on bouncing uh, yep. on concrete, that was fun. I enjoyed that. Yeah. You should, you should go. It's more frustrating though in playing cold weather golf when you hit your ball onto a frozen pond and you can see it out there. <laughs> You can't go get it. I'd rather that, hit it into the water and have it disappear than if I can see it, that is aggravating. Some place around Cleveland or Akron, they have a chili open every year. And I'm not sure if they play that on ice or if they play it on snow. But it may be an ice golf tournament. The two of you should go play in it. Well, if it involves going to Wendy's afterwards to get chili. Okay. <laughs> Well, get, hey, Gear, thanks for filling us in on Italy. Uh, that was a lot of fun information. And Stricker. And Stricker. And uh, I, I don't know what happened. We need to, uh, we went a year, we didn't get to play golf together this year. Something went wrong. So let's let's try to, let's try to straighten that out. We, yeah, I saw you at the uh, Tee It Up for the Cure in Lake Geneva. Yeah. But we weren't paired together. So we need to, we need to correct that. And here's our plug. Subscribe now. It's free. Click on subscribe. Nothing will happen. Click on like. Tell your friends. I mean, likely event you have any. Because we're just <laughs> enough viewers here. We're just trying to make 17 cents. We're just getting started. <laughs> so if we can make 17 cents, it'll be mission accomplished. So far, we're not even close. Uh, <laughs> click on like. D'Amato, you know a lot of people. Use your persuasive powers. Make them watch this fabulous video we've just created. Right. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Can we link to it on our website? Absolutely. All right. I'll send you the yeah, link. Can, can, can we link to it every time we do one? We'll send it to you. Yeah, for sure. We'll put it on. Okay. Price is right. You get what you pay All for, right. but the price is right. Yeah, absolutely. Gary, you've got tenuous ties to Wisconsin, so... <laughs> they're not tenuous. They're just kind of old. Latent. But I, I yeah. you know, I, it's it's a it's a great state. What a great place to live. Uh, you know, I when I every time I go back, I just it's I just it makes me remember like God, this place is great. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thanks for doing it, Kathy. Thank you. Let's sign off.